You are the body of Christ. And if one part of the body suffers, every part suffers with it. And we as a body of believers have suffered. This week there's been um, a lot of tragedy in the life of this church. Uh, For those who do not know, on uh, Friday night, uh, Andre Veach was tragically killed in a motorcycle accident. We are uh, joining alongside the family, Mike and Cindy and Jackie and Christian and all of his close friends and other family members who are grieving, and we as a body are grieving together in this, in this loss. Um, on top of that, uh, received news yesterday that uh, the son of uh, Nancy Bouchard uh, also died on Friday, a heart attack, a young man, and uh, again, another parent uh, losing a child and, and grieving, and uh, this we suffer, we, we are, God has called us to suffer and grieve together. And uh, we're here, and we gather in God's name, and we, we share our joys and we share our sorrows. And um, just to see the, the love of these families and the friends as they've uh, surrounded one another in love, uh, this is what we do together. So uh, I'm going to pray for us before we move on here. Father God, we need you. We need to know your love. We need to know your presence because uh, without you, we cannot make sense of, uh, of these things. And even with you, Lord, we don't claim to understand this all. But uh, in the midst of it, we just pray that as your word says, your peace passes our ability to even understand it or comprehend it. So we just pray that the peace of your presence and the power of your Holy Spirit would rule, that you would unite us as one as we seek to support and love one another. So God, this time is yours. Do with it as you will. We pray all these things in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are, um, as we gather today, we are beginning a new, a new journey, a new series as we consider God's word. And we're calling this uh, Images of the Church, this sermon series. And we're trying to understand what, what are we exactly? What is the church? We know the church isn't a building. A church is people. We are the church. But what are we? How are we to live? What kind of people are we to be and what are we to do? And to answer that question, we're going to look at different images. There's not one definition in the Bible of what it means to be God's people. There's a number of images, particularly in the New Testament of the Bible, that describe who we are and how we are to live. And each week, we're going to take one of these images and explore it. And each of them on their own is, is good and helpful and, and beautiful in many ways. But together, as we look at all these images together, the hope is that it will paint a picture for us of what it means for us to be God's people, to be his church, to live in a way as he intended, to experience him and to experience one another. And uh, we live in a world with uh, uh, people who just don't care. They don't they don't care what we're doing in here. There's a very low interest in uh, the fact that we are seeking to, to figure out together and to live out together what it means to be God's people. Two groups in particular that uh, would be very disinterested in what we're doing. The first group is what we call the spiritual but not religious. And that's, I don't know if you ever meet people or if you felt that way yourself, you say, you know, well, I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not religious. I'm not into the you know, organized religion, but I have my own 
spirituality. You know, I don't need the church. And whatever works for you is, is good for you, and I got my thing. And it's very informal kind of a faith. It's very individualistic kind of a faith. And um, most people from that perspective would think that, you know, different religious groups are basically teaching the same thing. And um, it, it can be helpful, but in many ways it can be harmful too. So something to just sort of avoid. I'm just not interested. James Emery White, he was a uh, professor at Gordon-Conwell, former president of the seminary. He, he said, this, is, this way of thinking is, is akin to a group of people who are really interested in coffee, um, very open to it, but purposefully driving past Starbucks with complete disinterest. So I'm open to this. I want nothing to do with that. Um, so that's one. That's your. That's our spiritual, but not religious. The the other group who's who's really disinterested in what I'm about to talk about is a group uh, that I call the I love Jesus but not the church group. These are people who are Christians who um, love Jesus, who um, believe the Bible, who hold to most major tenets of the Christian faith. Um, perhaps they've been hurt by the church. Um, not all of them, but some of them perhaps hurt by the church. But just a group of people, although inclined towards Jesus, less and less inclined towards the church. The, that they look at a group like us and say, that isn't relevant for my faith. I don't think I'm actually going to find true discipleship, community, accountability in this place. So I hold to a lot of it, but I've lost my, I haven't lost my faith in Jesus, but I've lost my faith in the church. And the question for us is, are, are they right? The spiritual but not religious, or the I love Jesus, not his church. Are, is it true? Is, is there, um, are we unnecessary is the question we need to ask ourselves. You know, and, and I think before we get there, we need to ask the question, well, what are we really? What are we actually demonstrating to the world? Is there something that we can offer for their faith that they, you can't get on your own? And don't get me wrong, our job is not to um, ridicule somebody else's belief or to uh, condemn someone, um, you know, to point out what I, what I think is wrong about somebody else's faith system. Our job isn't to do that. Our job is to be the church. Our job is to live as God has called us to live, uh, to live into the way he intended, and then we experience our God-given potential, and that's for his glory. That is for our own good, and it is for the sake of the world. It's for the blessing of the world around us. That's God's design. That's our job, is to just be his people. So to do that, we need to understand what we really are. And the first image we want to look at today comes from this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The image is this. In verse 27, summarized. It's printed on the back of your bulletin, by the way. Verse 27, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So the church, the God's people, we are a body and every individual is a part of that body. Now the issue, the background of this writing here, this is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth was a church that was very divided. 
It was divided on a number of levels. People were sort of uh, trying to outdo each other and how gifted they were and that they were following the right leaders and that they had more wisdom than others. And there was all these things and their behaviors were dividing them. And the intent of this letter was to bring unity to a group that was in many ways divided. And we see that unity right away. This theme of unity just stands out in this passage. Look at verse 12. It says, just as a body, though, has many parts, though, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Actually, we expect a different word there, don't we? Just, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with the church, I would think it would say. But it says, so it is with Christ. The idea is, just as Jesus Christ had and needed a flesh and blood body to accomplish his ministry, his mission in the world when he was here, he took on the human condition and he needed that to come and to usher in God's kingdom, to demonstrate his kingdom, ultimately to give his body on behalf of the, of the world, on behalf of sinners to reconcile the world to himself, that we can know God, that we can experience life, that we can experience eternal life. He did that, and in the same way, to complete his work on earth now, he has a body that's made up of human beings, that we are uh, Jesus manifesting himself to the world today by his spirit through the church. So we are one. We are his body. And this oneness comes from God's spirit at work within us. And here in the past, in verse 13, we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. We were given the one spirit to drink. So we have God's spirit. We are baptized in that spirit. We are washed and filled with that spirit. We are brought to life by that same spirit. And he covers us with that spirit. And that brings about this oneness. Now from this oneness, we're going to see three things that flow from that three implications of being a body together that we can live out together. The first thing that flows out of that oneness is that we need each other. We need each other. Verse 15, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. The point is, the Bible doesn't have a category for the Christian to be a lone ranger, to say, well, because I don't have anything for the church, I'm just going to go off on my own, do my own little thing, completely detached from a Christian fellowship, a local church. There's no real category or description of that in the Bible. I'm not saying that that person couldn't experience Jesus, uh, could not you know, have faith. What I'm saying is it's just a very unhealthy position to say, I'm not part of that, because we need each other. We live in a land, we live in a country that is so uh, entrenched and, and, and has such a strong heritage of individualism, rugged individualism. That's a very American idea. And so we are, to, to think of ourselves as belonging, as a, as a part of a body, inseparable, is, is a even harder to demonstrate and harder to live because of the, the culture we live in. We're demonstrating that Christianity is not just my personal you know, religion, it's not just my personal expression of faith, but it's 
fundamentally at its core, it is a, it is a communal experience. That's God's design. And when, it, when somebody operates individually, it reduces their own effectiveness, and it reduces the effectiveness of the whole because we're all supposed to be a whole together. So what that means for us is we need to be able to answer the question, okay, so how do I fit into that whole, the W-H-O-L-E? How do I fit into the whole body? What's my role? How has God gifted me? And the context of this writing is about uh, knowing and, and finding and expressing how God has gifted you to be part of this one body. One expression of that in the life of this church, we have what we call discovery course. It's about discovering how God has called us to be a church together. It's a pathway towards membership in this church. Uh, but it's a place we spend a good portion of that trying to understand how has God shaped me, how has God gifted me to be part of what he is doing in the places and in the time where he has called us. We are all part of the body. And the really good news of this, too, is that there's, not unimport, there's no unimportant people in that. If we are a body, then we're all needed. We're all necessary. It's not just professionals and leaders, but everybody has their part to play. Not just a, you know, not just a few experts, so we need each other. In there. But there, that means that everybody's life has purpose. Everybody's life has meaning. Everybody has a part to play. We're all in it. We need each other. That's the first implication. The second implication of being the body of Christ, the second thing that we can live out together is that uh, we celebrate diversity. We celebrate diversity. Look at verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. It is by necessity that we are actually different. So we are unified, we are one, but we are all very different. If we were all the same, we wouldn't be a body. If you had, again, if, if the whole body was just one part, was just an ear, that wouldn't be a body, that would just be a bunch of ears. We, we are by necessity different from one another. When, when you become part of the Christian family, you don't have to fit into a tight mold. We embrace the fact that we are different. Back up to verse 13. Look at this. It says, um, we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles or slave or free. So it says, look, it doesn't matter your ethnic background. No one ethnicity has any further stance in front of another in, in God's eyes. Jew, if you're a Gentile, whatever your ethnic background, does not matter. We are all one. And slave or free. So it doesn't matter your socioeconomic background, whether you're poor or rich. Those things do not give any sort of credential or standing in this body. That we are a community, a community that is committed to the struggle of living out reconciliation of all people. To one another and people, to, people reconciling themselves to God and to one another. That's what we are committed to, and that is not easy. And our world it looks for ways to do that and gets stuck and sees division. Everywhere you turn, you see division. Yet God's design is for oneness across things that would otherwise divide. Whether you're black or white or young or old, if you're male or female, 
We, we need all these things, whether you're married or you're single, whether you lean politically one way or politically the other way. You just We need the diversity of heart. Whether you're a brand new to faith or just exploring faith and mature Christians, we need to come together. If you tend to express yourself in very traditional ways or if you tend to express your faith in more innovative, contemporary ways, this is, these are things that we celebrate that we're different. We embrace these things. And there's a beautiful oneness in diversity. Again, the Apostle Paul writing in the book of Romans, he goes even further. He's same, almost the same image, but hear this. This is Romans 12, 4. It says, not only are we members of Christ, but we are members of... Oh, the, 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 Romans 12, 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So not, not only are you a member of the body of Christ, but you are a member of every other member. That You are part, it's, it's a step further, that we are a part of one another as God is building us together. This, this will become an example to the world. This we can demonstrate to the world as we seek to live it out together. And we do not see a lot of this in the world. So, the first implication is we need each other. The second implication is we celebrate diversity. And the third implication of being a body is that we care for one another. We care for one another. Verse 24. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body. But, here is God's design, that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is true of a physical body. You know this. Even the smallest part. If you have just one tooth that's aching, your whole body will suffer. If you have one nerve in your back that's out of place, the, the pain in the whole body, even your littlest toe, when you bang your little toe, your whole body feels the pain. And the, the reality here is that we enter into one another's sorrow. We also enter into one another's joy. And we experience both of those things, the joy of life and the sorrows that we face. And if you've experienced this, that if you've been through a sorrow and you've had people surround and share your sorrow with you, you know the importance of the fact that we're a body. But perhaps you're here today and you feel that you've had a joy or a sorrow that was not shared. You haven't experienced that. This, hurt, this hurts for those who have not experienced this. And this is one reason people are just done with church. I had a sorrow and it wasn't shared. I had a joy that was I, I felt isolated in. I'm, I'm just done. And again, as, as a body, we don't do this perfectly. We we don't even do it well at times, but we seek to be known and to know others in a way that we might support one another in joys and in sorrows. One expression of that is by getting together with a smaller group of, of people in the church. This is a, a big community that's great, but we need to gather in smaller groups so that we can really be known, so that our hearts can be known, uh, that we gather um, in support one another. It's about inviting people into your life. 
We need each other. We celebrate our diversity and we care for one another. And as we live, if we can live this, this is a powerful witness to the world around us. The world around us does not do well at grouping people together. There's different ways that, you know, government or society tries to, to get people to be together. On one end of the spectrum would be a completely communal, sort of a, a say like a socialist type of a system where it's, you know, it's all about the, the, the group. For that to work well, there needs to be complete control. That everybody, like the, the self is just lost. Everybody has to be subservient to the whatever the power is. And there's a suppression of a lot of things and, and utter control, and, and it doesn't work. That's one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum would be a completely individualistic society, self-reliance and uh, self, um, self-interest is, is rules. But when you're self-reliant, self-interest, that can often come at the harm of others, at, the, at not seeing the, the need of others and not um, having any community. It's, it's an empty and selfish dream on that end of the spectrum. So in a world that would either lean in one of those directions, we are a body of mutual interdependence where we are unified as one, yet by necessity different. That's a powerful witness as we live it out. And here's the, here's the good news. We don't live it out perfectly, but we have God's spirit. It's God's spirit at work within us that will empower us to live this way. And it's for his glory. It's for our own good and for the sake of the world. Jesus Christ had a body. He took on human flesh to to do his ministry, to fulfill his mission on earth. And he told his followers, as the Father has sent me to this world, and he said, I came here not to serve, not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. And Jesus did. He gave his life on the cross. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. You are the body of Christ, sent not to be served, but to serve a world that so desperately needs the love of Jesus Christ. Amen.